friends. Welcome to the Most of the Homeless Podcast. I'm your host, Damn it, Damien. All right, buddies, welcome to the show. Man, this is the 100th episode of Most of the Homeless Podcast. Uh, for a weekly podcast, I can't believe it only took me four years to make 100 episodes, but, you know, I'm, I'm a busy man. I work 40 hours a week at a at a at Whole Foods Market as a front end supervisor, I uh, I help co host comedy shows at Ratio Beerworks. I do my own live shows, and I just got back in in the states from Thailand, where I was in Thailand for two weeks as a part of the Whole Foods Market team member volunteer program, where we went to Seren, Thailand, and helped build a uh, rice composting um, facility as well as help plant a rice field, and then we spent a week doing touristy shit. Um, it's been a long journey. I can't believe we're finally here. There have been many times where I've thought about giving up and giving up the ghost. Um, we're not a hugely successful show, but I try to remind myself that I do have I do have a small, loyal fan base out there. I do have some uh, great listeners, great friends, and I've gotten to do a lot of really, really great things. I tend to think of this as like the, uh, the Carson Daly uh, talk show, late night talk show. Not a lot of people watch it, um, but he keeps on doing it, and people, some, you know, it's not the journey, it's the rewards of the trip. Something along those lines, buddies. And uh, I'm very, very honored to have done 100 episodes here. Uh, the 100th episode, I had originally booked my favorite musician of all time to be on the 100th episode. I was blown away that they had agreed to do it. And then, you know, just life happens. They got super busy. They weren't able to do it. Um, we tried to rebook and reschedule. Things just couldn't happen before I went away to Thailand. Um, that band is busy playing the summer festival circuit. And uh, just ultimately is not going to happen right now, right yet. Um, maybe maybe a little bit further on down the road we'll, we'll make that happen. Um, but, um, but uh, you know, I've, I've gotten to do some cool episodes with some cool people. And somebody had suggested that for the 100th episode I should have somebody interview me. I didn't want to do that because, you know, I'm, I try to be as mild-mannered and it's it's kind of weird to have an episode all centered around yourself. And I think this episode actually works out perfectly because I invited my uh, old roommate and Denver stand-up comedian Eric Kenderson onto the show. You might remember him from Mostly Harmless Live episode two, uh, which if you're scrolling through the archives is episode uh, 93 of the shows. And uh, me and Eric Henderson lived together in Colorado Springs very shortly. I've known him since he was at least 15 or 16 years old going to ska shows together. And uh, we, we've had a long history together. And I was like, you know, who would be cool to, to, to you know, do one of these episodes where he kind of interviews me as Eric. And mostly this episode, we just kind of hang out and we talk. He asks me some questions. I ask him some questions. It's a good little back and forth between two old friends. Uh, you might not get too much new stuff out of it, but I hope you do. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I, I, we never know. And also, my, I'm going to be turning 34 years old on Monday, August 4, uh, 3rd. I was about to get my birthday wrong. What the hell's wrong with me? Uh, Monday, August 3rd. So it's kind of a cool little birthday episode, too, as well. Um, if you're hearing this this week, Saturday, August 1st, we're going to be having uh, some birthday beers at Ratio Beer Works. Uh, nothing really too huge planned in the immediate future. Uh, we have the next Mostly Harmless Live taping at Mutiny um, Thursday, August 13th. Um, I still haven't figured out the theme yet or the guest, but I think it's going to have something to do with birthdays since my birthday is right here, right now. Maybe Dirty 30s. Maybe have the dirty few on as a guest, even though they're not in their 30s yet. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll see what happens, folks. Um, huge shout-outs to my sponsors, Deathwish Copy at deathwishcopy.com. They brew the strongest, most caffeinated, dark coffee 
um, that you can find on the market. Um, I haven't really worked too much with them lately because I've been taking so many breaks on the show, but hopefully now that we're back in business, back in action, uh, me and them can start partnering up and doing some more things. And a super huge special thanks to my buddies Jason and Zach at Ratio Beer Works for their continuing support of Mostly Harmless and our live shows. Um, I'm going to take this moment real quick before we get into our super long chat with Eric Henderson and mention that I am working on doing a uh, Mostly Harmless film series, uh, very much inspired by my um, panels I posted at Denver Comic-Con and the fact that Denver Comic-Con told me that they were hiring professional moderators for the future. I'm like, well, fine. I'm going to go start my own comedy uh, film series and interview these people on my own. I can't really say a lot. I have a meeting later this week with a theater owner um, that it's the perfect theater for this event. I've got two offers in for two fantastic uh, movies. I'll give you a hint. They're both punk rock oriented. Uh, we're going to be bringing out um, guests of honor that were involved in the making of both these movies. And so just stay tuned to mostlyharmlesspodcast.com for more information on that. Of course, when those I get closer to happening. I will, of course, mention it on here. Um, so, without further ado, let's uh, let's travel to my kitchen here in the lovely historic Baker neighborhood. On um, during the middle of UMS, me and Eric Henderson uh, spent the morning. Well, let's be honest, early afternoon, drinking off our hangovers and bullshitting on the microphone. Uh, the, the audio quality isn't great, but we, it's mostly harmless. Damn it, Damien! You know, I mean, um, I, I'd set up all my recording gear in the kitchen. And then I'm pretty sure it just recorded off my handheld mic instead of all the recording gear. But hey, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> uh, it's a fun, drunken uh, chat with my buddy Eric Henderson. We went out and spent the rest of the weekend uh, getting into trouble at UMS, uh, the yearly uh, Denver con concert series. So um, without further ado, let's, uh, you know what? Let's listen to a song first. I used to once upon a time live with this punk rock ska band called The Rideaways. Maybe you've heard of them if you're a Colorado resident. Um, we were going to start like a drunk punk band. That's what they called it. Um, after, in, in the vein of like Lawrence Arms, Hot Water Music, uh, in the org core kind of stuff that I love so much. And um, it never happened. But one day, Adrian and Paul from The Rideaways got drunk and wrote a four-song EP about me called Do It For Damien, the Drunk Bastard EP, which it's kind of incredible that they even did this thing because at the time, me and Paul were kind of on the outs. Now we're best friends again. Um, I owed Adrian money, so I can't believe that they actually wrote and recorded this about me. But this is a testament to our friendship. Basically, this is just them uh, making fun of me for, I don't know, a couple days. And uh, there's this this EP written about me. It's kind of kind of incredible. Uh, so this is the first song that we wrote when I was actually going to be in the band. It's called Do You Remember? And this is uh, Adrian Norris from The Rideaways and Paul Grove from The Rideaways, as well as you know several other projects like The Six Generals, um, Double Baloney. This is their, their song, Do You Remember? Inspired by them listening to hours and hours and hours of Lawrence Arms, Hot Water Music, Nothington, um, and all, all those damn bands I was listening to at the time. So uh, let's take a listen to that, buddies, and we'll get to a super long interview chat with my buddy Eric Henderson. Do you remember when our lives came crashing to the
technically start it and uh i'll have already done the intro intro where i'm like hello friends hi everybody this is the introduction but uh so we're sitting here today in my kitchen uh ums is going on in the background you, you can hear some birds chirping out there in the background the cries of drunk white women everywhere oh man last night last night i watched this girl like being held up by her boyfriend who could barely stand as they stumbled to god knows where and i'm like only Thank you, UMS. Only in Denver. They really are getting trashed out here. It's it's pretty incredible. But it's fun. A lot of music's <laughs> happening. That doesn't happen, you know, at other places at every other day of the year. Yeah. If you look for it. Uh, so I get why everybody's losing their shit. It's a fun time. I live in the neighborhood, too. Me, so too. I took a delightful bike ride. <coughs> Saw various portions of vomit. I'm glad they're, I'm glad they're contributing to so many non-profit organizations. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, coming and hanging out today instead of going to UMS. Thank you for having me. I'm Eric Henderson. I don't oh, yeah. know if we did a intro. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, well, you see, here's the thing is, I've already, like, when they're listening to this, they they've know. already heard me going like, yeah, here's me and my buddy Eric. Okay, good. Because I'm not doing a great job selling myself right yeah. now. I mean, so. we can start over if you want. Oh, no, this is fine with me. We'll build it. We'll stop. We'll be fine. We'll be I mean... Yeah. I know you've never listened to the show, but most people are used to this not being very professional. I miss the magazine, to yeah. be honest. I'll bring it back. You should. Bring back print. Maybe. Bring it back. The old Gutenberg Press, mostly harmless, yeah. edition one. You guys have no idea what you missed. <laughs> but, uh, so, episode 100, you know, it, it takes most weekly podcasters, what, uh, two years to get to episode 100? You know, 52 weeks a year. It's taken me four. Well, it's a hell of a month. <coughs> a hundred's a lot. I guess. It's a lot of anything. Yeah. You know, and then I look at contemporaries, and they're like... Cranking them out, cranking them out, cranking them out, and I'm like, oh, I've just now hit a hundred. Yeah, but but you good? know, I take I take a lot of time off. I'm a busy man. Are they good, dude? 
Uh, well, that's that's the ones that just get machined out. Oh. Can't all be great. Well, I mean, this one's not great either. This one's good. We yeah. have a lot of good. I feel like your listeners would agree that it's a quality show. Sometimes I get a little too drunk and make a fool out of myself, but that that's happens. what we do. That happens. That, what the, politicians everywhere. That's why it's called most of the harmless. But damn it, Damien, because like, damn it, Damien, you got too drunk and you interviewed that guy really badly. Mm-hmm. And you didn't but, really hurt that guy, but he is he is just, uh, he is bleeding, yeah. so you know. But there's a uh, there's a comedy to the uh, stupidity of it, I think. I like it. I think it's a great concept. Yeah. But uh, so the original. I had booked a huge, huge, huge guest for episode 100. And I'm right here. Yes. Um, no. Uh, that huge, huge, huge guest uh, fell through a couple times. We tried. I wanted him to be on here so bad. Um, the drummer of my favorite band. Uh, you can probably guess, but I'm not. I'm going to save it. Save the surprise for later. <laughs> Blink 182. Yes, Travis Barker. Have Travis Barker here. Travis Barker. But uh. But no, so I, and then like enough time had passed, and then I went to Thailand, and I'm super busy, and I'm like, I gotta get this 100th episode just done and out of the way. And then I was like, what do I do? And then somebody was like, we should have somebody interview you for, and I'm like, well, okay, Mark Marin did that. I can keep ripping him off mm-hmm. more and more and more. Who? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He's here in town today. Oh, today? Like his Instagram feed was showing him uh, oh. record shopping at Black and Reed, and I'm like, we should go stalk him. Denver. Let's go. You want to go stock uh, Mark Marin later? Only if he's going somewhere that's got good food. Oh, I'm down with some food. I'll get like a churro. I can show up <coughs> or something. But yeah, so I was, I was like, um, you and me, we hung out. We were partners in crime at Denver Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Um, running around, drinking beers under the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was drunk the whole weekend. You were pretty drunk the whole weekend. It was fun. I was pretty hammered for most. The first day I got hammered. The second day was mostly edibles. Yeah. Sunday, I don't remember. There was a Sunday? I think so. There was a third day. Oh, no. Sun- it was Monday. Monday. Because they did it Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Monday, I don't remember. But, uh, but no, I was like, we had such a good time. You, I was actually on my first podcast that I wasn't the host of that weekend when you interviewed me. For my show. For Three Course Comedy, your girl. My food show. Yeah. And uh, I was like, damn. I was taking a shit one day, which is where most of my greatest ideas come from. And I was like... Me and Eric should just hang out, bullshit. Maybe you interview me a little bit for my 100th episode. I brought some questions. Because uh, we've known each other for what? Fucking like 11, 10 years or something like Something. That? I've been yeah. here. I hang out. You're, you're probably the person I've known longest in Colorado that I still actively hang out with the most. Not not because I'm a huge piece of shit. But just because, because they moved on with their yeah. lives, had kids and yeah. success and whatnot. And I'm still here. <laughs> no. No, no, no. But what I like, <laughs> I, can't, I keep coughing. I was in Thailand for two weeks and had no allergies. I come back and it's a revenge of the pollen. It really is um, over there. But no, uh, running around Denver Comic Con, we were both talking about how proud, you know, it, it was a, granted we're drunk, so we're both like, oh man, I love you, man, I love you. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm really proud of everything that you've accomplished. Like, we lived together in Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. and it was like, I'm going to be a stand up comedian. And of course, you know, the uh, very, uh, helpful friend I'm like yeah right whatever mm-hmm. and then you went and proved me and everybody else wrong and you're doing yeah, the ultimate, pretty awesome the ultimate fuck you you can see me in part of the UMS later I'll be co-hosting <laughs> uh, welcome to Denver Denver's best podcast I'm just I'm sorry it really is though it won oh, awards I haven't won awards award. it won a, 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 an award that was voted on by no one so yeah uh, I, I'll win it eventually when there are no podcasts left when nobody's doing it anymore when we've all moved but yeah, I feel good about where I I left the spray, that hellhole, and I feel successful sometimes when I lie on the 
No, I mean, you do cool stuff. I do get to do a lot of cool shit. And, uh, you know, we talked a lot about that weekend, about getting up off the couch and doing things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember you were one of the first podcasters I knew. Mm-hmm. You used to do a ska I podcast. I a podcast when I was 17. <coughs> it's called Eric's Erratic Podcast. It still exists. You might still be able to find it. Very shameful. Not proud of it. But if I would have stuck with that, I probably would have had the longest running podcast in podcast history. Yep. I could probably say that. Quite, quite possibly. You had, you had a good amount of listeners, too, didn't you, back then? Had somebody in Australia listen to it. Um, but for some reason, I thought that it was going to be a short-lived... Uh, there was a phase in the technology world, and I couldn't have been more wrong in that aspect. Mm. So, I mean, it, it took us all by surprise. Because I literally, I was like, no one's going to listen to me just sitting in my closet talking into a microphone. And that's what podcasts are. Now there's an industry yeah. that I'm not a part of. Uh, there, there was a podcasting, like convention that Henry Rollins was at. Yeah, no shit. That was here in town. Yeah. And I didn't I find out. It up, I, I, yeah. You could have been knows? a I could have been keynote speaker. I could I could have been keynote speaker and be a special guest or something. I don't know. But you were one of the first podcasters I knew. And then now you're one of Denver's finest comedians. Mm-hmm. Very good at being a guest on podcasts. Yeah. Not not particularly the producer of one. Well, your your show's doing pretty well. We just simply record a live show and, and put that out. That yeah. does count. And then when I started doing live shows, I kind of ripped your show off. Mm-hmm. So once I again, it paved the way. I had first podcast when I was a kid, and then uh, I have been doing a live show that we recorded and sell as a podcast for the last two and a half years now. And it was it was watching your show and went, oh, that's because I I'd done a couple live things. You went to a couple of them. They were okay. They're still mm-hmm. okay, but I was. I was watching uh, Three Course Comedy. I was like, oh, that's how you do it. That's mm-hmm. how you mold it all together. You, you, you're paving the way. You're a yeah. creator of industry or something. It's pretty good. <coughs> I do live podcasts mm-hmm. a lot. I feel like I, I don't know if I can take credit for that, but I certainly... That's been our style for the... We've got very little podcast episodes, if you want. Mm-hmm. Or like where something was produced in a studio. That's not a thing. Mm-hmm. So, very much just a live reenactment. Yeah, but that's cool. It's like listening to a baseball game that happened in your kitchen. Yeah. That's my show, in a nutshell. But yeah, so I've known you for forever, and I was like, well, who better than to uh, embarrass me and ask me... I don't know, it, it feels it feels stupid to have an episode all about yourself. But every it? episode is about yourself. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess that would be a good concept. But this is, I, you reached a milestone, I feel like you earned yeah, it. I, 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 I pretend like I'm humble, mm-hmm. but... I don't know, you know me better than most people. Am I a humble person? Uh, yeah. You, you don't have to lie. I'm not a jerk okay. anymore. It's my new thing. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, uh. No, you're pretty humble. I mean, you also... You, I don't know. Depends on how drunk you are. I think. I've, I've mentioned... <laughs> but I brought some questions if we want to get to the energy portion. Here. Sure, yeah. What do you got uh, for first me? First off, what's your favorite thing about me? Um, total. I'm gonna I'm gonna jerk you off a little bit, not not no, metaphorically, but uh, you know when you shut the mic off for that. Okay, well, of course. Uh, you know, hanging out at Denver Comic Con, I told you all this too. Like, I'm super proud of, uh, you know, um, you went out and you. I remember living with you, coming home. You would watch Funny People with Adam Sandler, directed by Jeff Judd Apatow, and Seth Rog starring Seth Rogen, Adam Sandler. Um, and you're like, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian. Like, I, I, I remember coming home to you watching that several times. 
Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's a good three quarters of a movie. Yeah, great three quarters. Great, of a movie. perfect three quarters. Yeah, it's it's really good, and I always stop it when he cure, when he no longer has cancer mm-hmm. because the rest of the movie is garbage. I lose it at a certain extent. Uh, but I remember you being that guy who was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a stand-up comedian," and here you are, you're doing it. I was doing stand-up yeah. before that movie came out. Yeah, but <laughs> but the, but I, I I equate those two together. Mm-hmm. Like you were doing the open mics in Colorado Springs. Um, you're doing decently, right? I, re- I remember going to see you do stand-up at Thunder and Buttons in the Springs. That's where God, I started. God bless that Rest place. In peace, burned it up. It burned it down. Again? No, I didn't. Oh. I think they just quit. Probably should. The mic's not there anymore. But uh, I remember going, and uh, that backhanded compliment that uh, we probably both get so much, where it's like, oh, you were actually really good. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting you to be talented, but I yeah. showed up because I'm a nice person and really impressive. I am going to change the things I've been yeah. saying behind your back for now. Yeah, I get that. And, uh, you know, we come from the Springs. You know, I, that's not where I was born, but I lived there for 12 years, I, my formative years. And, you know, we, we both know so many people that they, they do the same thing. They get up, they work their 9 to 5, they clock out. They go to the bar, they sit at the bar until 10 o'clock, 11, 12, drinking the same pitcher of Coors Light every single night. Mm -hmm. And they go home and rinse and repeat, and they never do anything with their lives. And what I like most about you is that uh, you you got up off off the couch and you did it. Mm -hmm. I sold my couch. I left it it on the street corner where I found it, and I drove into Chicago in a van. So fuck this city. You have a series on Instagram where you uh, document couches. Is it because you lament that lost couch? I do miss that. It was actually a chair, and I do miss it. And uh, it was the most comfortable chair I'd ever found or ever owned. And I did find it on the street corner. And then when I left, I, I figured I would put it back to where it came from and left it on the street corner. And I hope someone, I like to think someone picked it up and also thought that it was the greatest chair that they've ever sat in. Where'd you find that chair? Um, I found it one day uh, in the Springs driving back from the skate park. And my friend had a pickup truck, and there were two chairs, and so we took both of them. We put both of them in the back of the pickup truck, and then we drove them very recklessly through the neighborhood. He his he threw his away. He couldn't keep his in his house, and then I kept mine. And uh, actually sat in it in the back of the pickup truck while we drove it from where we found uh-huh. it. I was already sitting in the bed of the truck, so we had to pick up the chick couches we needed to make space. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. And then I left it on the corner of El Paso and uh, and uh, something, because it was in El Paso. Yeah. How long have you been in the Springs now? Or in Denver? Right? I, left, I left five years ago. I lived in Denver for five years next month. But I went to Chicago five years ago. And then uh, stayed in Chicago for a month or two with some friends. And decided to move to the great city of Denver. And I've been here for about five years now. I like Denver. I love Denver. I, got, I, I, I too got really close to moving to Chicago. I left Denver five years ago. Well, yeah. That Denver was cool. Maybe it's time to move to Chicago again? Denver today is a little... I, don't know, I would love to live in Chicago, but I don't know why I don't. Yeah, we can make it happen. We could. I don't know. Let's see. I, I know a lot of friends in Chicago, so... Yeah. You can live anywhere that you choose to. Maybe someday I'll get there. Denver's changing for sure. Let's go to Des Moines, Iowa. No, I was born in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I have not been back since... Since that faithful day. Since that faithful day. <laughs> I left on day one. It's not true. I left on, like, year one. Yeah. So. So what else you got for me? Oh, I have. Uh, what was the? What is the thing that inspires you to uh, continue? I fucked up. That. I can't read this, my this cat. My roommate's cat door. Yeah. She doesn't normally like me. She peed on my bed, and today she's now that we're doing something, she wants all the attention in the world. So that's your 
That is your most inspiration, is your roommate's cat? Yes. Okay, that's... Uh, for wrong. No, 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 what was the question? You, like, uh, well, I had, two, I had two questions that mumbled into one question. Uh, Were you high uh, when you wrote these? I was very stoned when I wrote these down. Good. Um, but you recently traveled abroad, as did I, uh, and so I was wondering if you gained any new perspectives just going to other countries. Did it, like, change you a little bit? What did you learn while you were traveling in uh, other countries that's different? Well, the, the joke, and I don't know how much of a joke it actually is, but uh, I don't really like, I work retail. Mm -hmm. You've worked retail. I have. Retail's hard on a person's soul. Mm -hmm. And for years I've thought that I hated human beings. But when you're immersed in a completely different culture and then come back, it's like, oh, I don't hate human beings. I hate you human beings. I hate Americans, mm -hmm. you know. And then I, I mentioned that to somebody. They're like, well, why don't you fucking leave the country then? And I'm like, no, I'm not doing I, that. I think I, well, That's what somebody says when they've never left the country. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah, why don't you leave if you don't like it here? Well, because they don't have uh, the opportunity for potential uh, to yeah. be somebody in other countries. And uh, that is what we sincerely take for granted. And uh, the fact that we take it for granted is disgusting. That's well, where I'm at. Yeah. In Thailand, it was a beautiful, magical place. Um, people think of it as a third world country, but I think of it, that's just our perception of them like not having a Lexus in every driveway. That, mm -hmm. Oh, they're a third world country. They're very simple, very um, minimalistic people. And maybe if they had the money, they would want the, you know, the Honda Accord or the Lexus in the uh, four-door house. But they live well within their means, and they reuse, re, you know, they recycle everything in different ways. Like, you drive by these houses, and they'd have the banners from the liquor stores they mm -hmm. use on their patios for shade. And it doubles, Whoa. you know, and you look at it, and at first you're like, oh, it must suck to be so poor. And it's like, oh, wait. How industrious of these people. They can't mm -hmm. afford to go buy this thing. They just, go, they, they just find it in the trash. And Maybe they can't afford to do it, and they just choose to, dig, dig right. it, to recycle it, and then they use their money for cool stuff. Yeah. and uh, But, you know, their politics over there. Um, one of the translators on the trip, we, we were just bullshitting one day, and it was like, hey, so I watched, I, and I, before I went, I watched a documentary on Vice, the uh, magazine, uh, website about political turmoil going on in Thailand and uh, I expected to see that over there but the documentary had been about a year year too old and so I, I'm talking to the, the I talked to a couple different people and everybody I talked to about politics was like you can't tell anyone I told you this because they don't they don't have a first amendment over there mm -hmm. um, you can go to jail you can go to prison for talking poorly about it and, and they, they run things kind of like uh, Great Britain they mm -hmm. have a they have a king, and they have a princess, um, and there are photos of them everywhere. It's like something out of uh, 1984, where Big Brother is constantly watching you, either through the uh, king or the princess. The or yeah, and all the photos of them are as very, very young. The king is, um, well, the princess, I, I read, she just celebrated her 60th birthday, but yeah. you wouldn't know it because there are posters and banners of her everywhere as a... Uh, you know, like a... Like a 15-year-old or something? 15 to 20-ish, mm -hmm. you know. Well, shit. And uh, I went to Paris, and there's a statue in, in the Louvre that's a sterling silver statue, life-size statue of Henry VIII when he's, like, fucking nine years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, like, three feet tall, sterling silver of him as a kid. Yeah. It's crazy. But, um, 
you know, as much as we hate politics here, the politics there aren't so dissimilar. They've just chosen that, like, there's no First Amendment. You can't mm-hmm. speak out about the government. Yeah, uh, freedom um, and liberty, not really a thing in other countries. Yeah, so it's just like... So um, for you to wait in line for your pumpkin spice latte and bitch about shit on the internet all day, that's you're really not living to the potential that the people had in mind when they started know? this whole thing. And there are people fighting... There's a struggle going on there, secretly. Um, that you don't hear. The prime minister got kicked out. Um, it's a military dictatorship right now. Oh wow! So no one's in charge essentially. Well, the military's in charge because so they didn't like the uh, the liberal prime ministers. Yeah. They were like, "You're gone." Strike three. Hey, Kyle's here, everybody. Hello. We're recording the hundredth episode of Mostly Harmless, Kyle. Oh, nice. What do you have to say to be a part of it? How's uh, how's I'm UMS? Spoken, man. Oh, it's great. It's crazy. You and I don't nuts right now. Current update. <laughs> a week. Crazy out there. This will go up on Monday or Tuesday? No, whatever. Cool. See any good bands, Kyle? Blue Rider. Blue Rider? Never heard of them. Yeah, they played at the Mies house. Oh, house over. party? Yeah. Cool. They're great. Cool. Man is speechless after seeing blue, <laughs> blue, uh, blue rider. Blue rider. Well, sorry for invading your kitchen here, Kyle. I guess it's our That's kitchen, right. but I think of it as yours because you lived here first. <laughs> it's a nice kitchen. But no, um, so that's that's some of the stuff you learn traveling abroad is uh, how 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 you know, uh, yeah. We're lucky. We take it for granted, and I think that's where the anger comes from. Mm-hmm. Is you know, especially because I work at Whole Foods. And it's just, you know, people are just shitty. People, yeah. people could be less shitty. Um, uh, Americans are just shitty, entitled people. And then you go and you live somewhere where everyone is so sweet and kind and bending over backwards for you. Mm-hmm. And I think America would be a lot better. This PSA of the day, I think America would be a lot better if uh, we were just nicer to each other. Mm-hmm. There's actually a lottery that exists in other countries to get people into America. Did you know that? Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't, but that's... In- Right. They have lotteries in other countries where uh, if you win the lottery, then you have to go through a whole bunch of uh, bullshit and get papers and possibly still end up dead. And then if you make it, you get to come to this country to be insulted by people that live yeah. here already. And Learn to speak English. Grew up with iPads and shit. Yeah, somebody I was <coughs> stumbling to speak English, speaking broken English, that's somebody that knows another language. Uh, and I don't know any other languages. And so that makes me dumber than anybody oh, that's man. attempting to speak English. Uh, and that's another thing. There's an X-Men... Well, he was a new mutant in the comic book world. Mm-hmm. His name was Douglas... Doug... Ra- Shit, no, that's... I don't know. His his code name was Cypher. And his mutant power was he understood every language. That's impressive. I can read music, and, and I think that that's close enough. That's, I mean, that is a different language. language. I can kind of read computer code. Mm-hmm. I can kind of get what's going on. And robot, like Robot talk, that's good. You know, and... Uh, I think he was secretly the, you know, he's the X-Men that gets made fun of the most because he's so worthless, because, because he was quote-unquote worthless, mm-hmm. and man, I wish I had that power, I wish I could go somewhere else and understand what somebody else was saying, because it's, um, yeah, it's definitely incredible. a trip to another country when you can't, communication is, is incredibly key to so. every scenario, so, yeah. I think it's a, I think every person should take a trip to another. So figure out where your homeland is and go there. Well, I, I think I found my home and it is traveling. Yeah. That's that's where I'm happy. I'm from Ireland and I've been from Ireland. Uh, I can trace my uh, oh. heritage back to Cork. Well, I'm Scots Irish. Yeah. Cork and Merritt. 
Yeah. So what else you got for me? Uh, well, I was just uh, I was looking through your your uh, your playlist there, and you've actually in 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 viewance interviewed a handful of very impressive people. I was just curious what it's like to be like to be in a situation where you get to just hang out with all these random people. You've talked to Andrew WK. Yeah, uh, that David, was one of the first ones too. David Mickey, the guy that directed the Sandlot. Oh yeah, awesome. yeah. Yeah, they contacted me. I did that on my. They contacted uh, you. Um, they so in Colorado Springs, I. Uh, Talked to all my friends into voting for Mostly Harmless as one of the best blogs because there's not a podcasting category in Colorado Springs, and um, we were like the number three best blog in Colorado Springs one year. A blog? Yeah. That's old. Yeah, no. Classic. It's Colorado Springs, man. They're about ten years behind everyone. Really? What everything. do they think the best uh, stone etched? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Is? Uh, the year I won, my friend Whiskey Darling, who does a. Uh, She's a burlesque performer. Uh-huh. We did a blog for off and on. She hadn't posted an update in six months, and she won second place. Me, on the other hand, I had just, like, she even, she was like, I'm blown away that I won second place because Damien just interviewed the Toadies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the number one blog in Colorado Springs was a coupon clipping blog. Oh, my God. And so you were number two in that? I was number three. Number three? Damn. And, and so, so they were doing a screening of the Sandlot in Colorado Springs, and the PR person Googled best blogs in Colorado Springs. And I popped up and I was the one that fit the profile. And she goes, hey, do you want to interview David um, David Mickey? Of course I do. And I was like, absolutely. When? They're like, August 2nd. My birthday is August 3rd. Shit. I was like, happy birthday to me. That's pretty dope. And I was already on my way out the door of Colorado Springs. I'm like, peace, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, he was, it was cool because he had been doing like, puff pieces all day on TV. Mm-hmm. We met up at the hotel and we uh, had a real deal talk and I asked him pretty bluntly about uh, um, you know, some of his his career with with your first or second movie being The Sandlot that's a critically acclaimed film. What do you do after that? Well, and then How his career, like you look at his career and like, good for him, he's still making like uh, straight the neck Netflix DVDs or straight the Netflix movies and stuff like Family. He's Fluff. still making movies. Still making movies, but he's not. You know, he didn't have. Uh, did he direct the Sandlot too? He did actually. Okay. Wrote and directed it. I never saw it. I haven't seen that. Didn't movie. hear good things. I think I think he's one of those kind of guys where lightning did not strike twice with him. Like he also he wrote the script for Radio Flyer. Oh, I love that. And movie. then um, he's so angry. Well, and one of his problems is is that they uh, they. Raped butchered his it? well, they butchered his script. I'll use a less. Tr- don't use, don't use, don't use yeah, yeah, I know. Trigger warning. Um, Spoiler alert. But yeah, his, in his career, didn't go the way he wanted it to. And I've, I've actually interviewed like Alex Cox. He directed uh, Repo Man, Sid and Nancy. Oh, Repo Man. I interviewed that guy just kind of randomly. I just mm-hmm. found his email address. Found out he lived in Boulder. And was like, hey, dude, can I interview you? And old man Markley. Oh yeah, you saw that. That, was a that man job. changed my life. That was dope. They made the, that guy makes his base out of tubs. He's got tub yeah. bases that he can make any place. That's genius. That was a fun show. You were at that one when I interviewed him. I was at. I saw that was, play. That was that was the thing at the legal pizza you came to. Yeah, I think I was just and meeting then, there randomly. I posted on Instagram, and mm-hmm. then I think you, you we talked about it. You actually gave me some really good notes. You were mm-hmm. like, "Stop being so hard on yourself on stage." Excellent producer of shows, yeah. Eric Henderson. You, you gave me some really good advice. You were mm-hmm. like, okay, look, you keep telling the audience what they don't want. You're Instant, like, oh, you don't care about this. You don't care life about this. Because during that show, I was like, oh, you don't care about me being up here. And you're like, very generous lover. And you kept telling me, you're like, well, that's your first mistake because you're telling them uh, 
you're telling them they don't want to hear you. Yeah, so, of course, they're going to immediately stop listening. And I'm like, okay. So I kind of roll into that now with the live shows where I'm like, I try to make myself more of a buffoon character. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, look at me up here. Oh, I, like yeah. to, I like to think of hosting a show as, uh, as I like to I summon my inner Kermit the Brook when I'm hosting a show. Oh. I wanna, hey, I know all the people's names and the sponsors, and this is going to be a good time. Ah! I'm Kermit the Brook. Damn, that's a and Kermit the Frog. That shit out of everything I host. And I Fozzie the Bear out of everything. Yeah. Shit. So when I perform, I Fozzie the Bear the shit out of shit. But when I have to host something, I most definitely Kermit the Frog it up. I need to. That's a life metaphor that I run. That's how I biz. That's my business model. Is that's... for for show business. I based everything I know off the Muppets. Well, Absolutely. I love the Muppets. Yeah. That, that's. That's brilliant. goddamn brilliant. I'm a genius. I Why didn't you tell me that that day? Because I didn't think of that until recently. Oh, okay. Well, that's but, great. Yeah. I Kermit the Frog out of everything when I host a show. I love Kermit the Frog. He's, He's a great life coach. Except for this one, it's more like the Swedish chef. I really can't, you can't understand me. Yeah, it's okay. I love the Muppets. It's, a, it's not easy being green. Nope. But, uh, but yeah, excellent producer of shows, Eric Henderson. Well, do you want to produce this show? Because I, I obviously need some help. Only if there's some fucking travel perks yeah. and money in it. I'm on bitches and airplane tickets. What 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 else? What other notes you got there? You get a lot of notes on that card. This card's just a list of people you've interviewed. So oh. it's like a Wilhelm Scream. I know them because they're just dope. I uh, did that one at the Black Sheep way back. That that was uh, in Mostly Harmless uh, issue one. Yeah, that was way. That goes way back. And then I saw, which I was impressed with, was Into It Over It because I absolutely yeah. love that guy. Uh, that is the band now. Yeah, I kind of um, lost track, but. Uh, off and on. Last yeah. last time I saw him, he was solo. He was uh, with Lemuria, yeah. but he still does it with a full band, which is uh, his band. When he does have them, is this band called Former Thieves, who are awesome. Yeah, I think they're from Iowa. I saw him with the Black Sheep opening this super awesome show, but they were the band that blew me away, and then they disappeared. But uh, Evan, yeah. I got approved for that interview. Let's see. I, I I was seeing this girl from the Springs. She was in town for the weekend. We woke up late. Had brunch, came home, and I had I don't prepare for any interviews mm-hmm. until it's confirmed because I've I've gotten to the point where I've spent days researching things, preparing. It's like oh okay, well I didn't get it. Well shit, I wasted it all the time. Not that I wasted yeah, the time, yeah, yeah. but I like, get what you. Didn't I understand. To. And uh, we had brunch. I drink a lot of Bloody Marys. I'm gonna get home and I get this email. It's like, hey, you're approved to interview Evan Evan Weiss from Into It Over It at 7 p.m. at the Marquee Theater tonight. And I'm like, I'm hammered. And I'm drunk. I'm drunk as fuck. And then, uh, so the only way to keep that going, really, keep drinking, is to keep drinking. So I'm sitting at my computer. This girl's sitting in the living room, like doing whatever. And I'm like researching, listening to record after record, doing mm-hmm. interview after interview. Reading interview after interview after interview, trying to find the, the right things to talk about and uh, show up. And I'm not hammered, but I was doing pretty good. And we just had a chat. We talked a lot about Pearl Jam. Yeah. A lot about Pearl Jam. And he was a really cool dude. And I will say that when I ran into him, um, his mom actually commented, if you look at the comments for the Into It Over episode, his mom wrote me a thank you. It's like, thank you for letting Shut me spend up. an hour with my son. And Aww, Aww. That's adorable. Aww. And I don't even know how she found it. Um, she probably she's probably like every mom. Yeah, Google's her son okay, every day. Yeah. One one of the Hi, po- mom. What, listening. Uh, Sorry about the weed reference earlier. Uh, whatever. And uh, my mom. Well, will my mom listen to this? I don't know. She critiques me. She's like, you need to stop saying the fucking f word. 
That's what she said. That's good motherly advice. Yeah, Quit she, fucking saying the F word. Yeah, my mom doesn't cuss. But uh, but no, we did, we did a cool little interview. I was drunk, hung up, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I ran into him when he was on tour with Lemuria, I interviewed Lemuria. He came right up to me, gave me a hug, and was like, hey, man, how are you been? Things are good. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to see you. See you next time. And, and I'm, I'm just a nobody, so it always blows me away when people remember me mm-hmm. from the silly little thing that we're doing right now. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, he. Yeah, I get it too. I mean, that's incredibly like when you have a, a nice experience with somebody, you probably remember them more often than not. I thought it kind of sucked because I was kind of drunk, but I haven't listened back to it. Some, sometimes I get, you know, you've known maybe me long his, enough. I'm super hard on like, myself. Maybe his mom told him to be nice to you. Maybe. Next time she saw you. But uh, you know me, I'm super hard on myself. So sometimes, mm-hmm. like especially after the live shows that we've been doing, mm-hmm. I'll get off stage of a live show. I'm like, oh, that sucked. That sucked. That sucked. Yeah. And then I'll uh, I'll hit I'll when I'm editing them together, and I'll listen back, and I'm like, oh man, that was actually really good. What what the hell was I on? Oh yeah, I drank way too many beers and got super depressed. Yeah, I think everybody's also their worst self-critic. I do that too. I yeah. just thought the. The Intuit Over thing was interesting because that's actually one of my biggest influences is that because this, this Evan specifically because before Intuit Over it was a full band, uh, it was just him. Yeah. And uh, he put out this album. The very first thing they ever did was he ever did was called Fifty Two Weeks. He was in like a point where he was the story about the thing is uh, the album is he was at a point in his music career where he was like feeling not creative, and so he made it a point to write a song every week and record it. So every week he wrote a song. He recorded it, and, and that turned into, and that concept uh, completely inspired me as an artist to uh, just create shit. Yeah. I try to create shit every day. Yeah, and so it, it, and what's shout cool, out to Evan it, if his mother's listening. And here's the cool thing: is uh, you're a comedian. I'm a dude who interviews punk rock bands. That you're a creator of, of things. Yeah, you know, um, curator. He's a musician. Mm-hmm. It's it's all the. I listen to a lot of movie podcasts. Mm-hmm. The Movie Crypt uh, is a favorite of mine. You listen to that one? No. Oh, you'd love it. Yeah. I, I, specifically, I think you would love it. I'll look into it. Um, it's uh, Joe Lynch and Adam. Uh, shit, I've had too many beers already today. Mm-hmm. It's the guy who directed the Hatchet movies. The guy who directed Knights of Bad Aston, but don't bring that up because he hates that movie because it mm-hmm. got stolen from him. Anyway, okay. they talk, to, they talk like this to B-movie people. and uh, But it's all about creativity. And it all transposes from thing to thing to thing. Like, you can take something that... Well, you took something from him doing 52 I think of that, songs a year. I think of that project constantly. Like, yeah. Whenever I feel laxed of creativity, that that still pops into my head. I'm like, well, write a fucking, write a joke a week. Yeah. Write a song a week, write, do do a sketch a week, right? Whatever your you know. thing is, do one every day. It, and I try to do, well, not very successfully because, but I try to do an interview a week. Mm-hmm. And I just learn from, you, you don't know where you're going to pick things up from. Um, I remember... I used to read, you know, I used to be a gigantic comic book kid. And in Wizard Magazine, the guide to comics back in the day, they would be like, if you want to write comics, don't read comics. Mm-hmm. Read novels, read biographies. You, you're going to find your inspiration elsewhere. If you're just yeah. copying comics, you're just going to copy comics. And that works with comedy, that works with music, that works with everything. That's an excellent perspective. Because, uh, you know, whatever you're creating has got to be based off of your, your life. And mm-hmm. stuff. So if you're just emulating stuff, eventually you got to express your own personal experiences and stuff. I think that's what's probably the most creative thing uh, as an artist. I recently went to the Van Gogh Museum and had my life. God, so, so jealous. Uh, um, so I just think that it's, you know, if, if you're an artist, the only thing that it takes to be an artist is to create something, and you can do that with anything. Like, so you can take a blank piece of paper and draw a little doodle on it, you just made it. You're an artist. 
So work on whatever yeah. you're, whatever you're, whatever makes you happy. Yeah. Do that. And then we're we're people that take this very seriously. It doesn't I appear that way. I don't take this seriously. What? Come on, man. <laughs> like I I I, I try I'm to throw. Wearing a headband right now. A sweat. A white sweat. LeBron James style headband for a podcast. I'm oh. not taking this seriously at all. I, I think we've noticed. No, anyway, but, but still, you take the comedy thing seriously. I, I don't act like I take the music thing serious or the interviewing thing seriously, but I really do. And that's, that's why I get so butthurt. I get so angry at myself sometimes. I'm like, why did I drink so many beers before interviewing Red City Radio? And I could barely even mm-hmm. form a sentence when talking to him, which that episode is up on online. And, uh, but, um, shit, I forget where I was going with that. But it's a, oh, well, we take it seriously, and then we lose that, um, the joy, mm-hmm. the joy kind of, the joy kind of, we lose the joy, and so it becomes a job, but then I, I, that's, that's why most of Harmless takes so many breaks, is because I just need to recharge those batteries and remember that, because sometimes I'll do an interview with a band I don't even like, just mm-hmm. to have that. Content. Next it that next episode that next episode that next episode and uh, those are few and far between and honestly those are the least listened to episodes mm-hmm. and then so I've learned that lesson it's like well if I'm not a gigantic fan of uh, whatever band then I shouldn't interview them because nobody's it's not that infectious and I want to be infectious so I'll take like two months off and come back and I'm like oh man I fucking love doing this I can't wait to do another. Let's do another 15, 20, and I'm sure it's the same for you with comedy, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's days that you don't like it as much as other days when you do like it more. Um, it's the roller coaster, for sure. Uh, I don't really know how to no, it, elaborate. Yeah. Has it become a job yet? I know, you get, mm-hmm. I know you do some pretty decent gigs and you make some money. Oh, yeah, it's definitely work. I mean, it's, but it's still fun. I just like making people feel better. I mean, it's a, I don't know. I don't know why I do it, but uh, it's fun. Well, I'm okay at it, so. Is it is it easy for you? Uh, in some aspects, yeah. yeah. It's easy when you have a, maybe, maybe you know, lately I struggle because I had an excellent impression of Hulk Hogan <laughs> until yesterday. Well, it still works, but it's a totally different fucking shoot now. Uh, different, different, definitely a different building considering the current events. So sometimes you have something that's going good and you like it, and then uh, something in real life will affect uh, your make-believe you know, thing that you created on stage and stuff like that, and so it's definitely hard. It's not easy. You meet more people that say that they can't do it than you do people that think they can. Yeah. So stand-up's not for everybody. If you're thinking about doing stand-up, don't do it. Just don't do it. it. Start a podcast. Well, that's the cool thing on the the Movie Crit podcast. Mm -hmm. They they mention this every once in a while, that they'll do a college or they'll do a QA and a and somebody will be like, what, uh, what advice do you have for me as a filmmaker? And their question is always, what's your backup plan? <laughs> and if they have a backup plan, they're like, that's what you need to be doing. This is not doing. the right place for you. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm sure it's probably the same way for you. Like, what's your backup plan? Do you have a backup plan? I have no backup yeah. plan. I just recently discovered I've had an IRA for the last three years. That's just <laughs> I, have no, I, had, I learned what it is, and I have one. Two grand in it. Oh, yeah. From a job I had, yeah, I got a plan. It's that you, you it's can that. Ca- you can cash that in. They're going to tax you heavily on it. But I know ten percent. I found out so it would cost me when the shit hits the fan. I can take out my IRA, pay to ten percent, which is two hundred dollars. So I have eighteen hundred dollars and a hunting bow I found in a parking lot in a gas station in Wyoming. I'm fucking set. 
for a, a little while. A little while, yeah. That's my plan. I don't know what yours is, but that's, oh. that's all I have. I've, I've cashed out all. I've had several IRAs and cashed them all out already. Started documenting where all the available Ugh. couches are to sleep. So when the shit is <laughs> no uh, couchsurfing.com, baby. No, the alley alleyways, alley couches. Oh, oh the alley couches. My yeah, alley there couches. You go. Those are that's little little known thing about my side project of couches I find in alleys is I'm just scoping out places to sleep when I'm homeless. You're a mad genius. Mm-hmm. Um, no, my backup plan is the trumpet and the top hat I have in my closet. <laughs> that's my that's my plan. I'll be I know how to play take me out to the ball game, and I know where the baseball field is. Yeah. Well, for me, it's like I'm living by backup plan. I'm really good from detail. <laughs> well, I guess that's a better joke than you think I could say. But no, I mean like I love doing this, and I want to do this forever. I don't make any money. I lose so much money mm-hmm. off this. We just need people to sponsor this. Hey, people, sponsor this. Send, send Damien money so he can live. Yeah, and you know, whatever. We did a Kickstarter to help me get to Thailand, and I sold 30 t-shirts, and that helped me get to Thailand. And and, and when you only sell 30 t-shirts, you got to go, is it the design? Is it the product? Is it what I'm selling? What am I doing wrong? And these are the things that I constantly think about. And that comes from years of working in promotions and music and retail. And, you know, I work retail and I'm really good at it. Mm-hmm. And I really hate it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm good at I could be good at a lot of stuff I don't do. But, I can wash dishes like a motherfucker. You have no idea. Yeah. I made a dish pit. And, it, and, and it's, I, I feel like I'm a pretty good podcaster. Mm-hmm. I and, think so. and people tend, people tell me they love the live shows. So they're like, why aren't you actually doing this for real? And I'm like, well, live shows is where it's at. I'm like, That's what I'm doing. I'm trying. Show up to the live show. And, uh. Well, I got another question. Sure. Uh, I just like talking. This is good. This is good. This I is know. actually what, and, and for those of you this listening. This is the 100th episode of Mostly Harmless. Yeah, well, this is what you get when you interview Damien. But whenever whenever we hang out, though, this is what we do, only mm-hmm. without microphones and more beers. That's what podcasts We are, of course, drinking beers while Let's we're doing this. Let's get to the next question. It's funny you bring sure. that up. Let's be honest. Sponsors be damned. Who do you think makes the best beer? Literally the next thing I wrote down. Um, <clears throat> I got to clear up. God damn, these allergies. Important. Um, Speech coming up. Well, no. we are we are drinking Upslope uh, Indian Pale Ale and their Pale Ale. I fucking love Upslope. They're a fantastic brewery, fantastic company. Um, I really do love Ratio Beer Works. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not in cans yet that I can walk down to the liquor store and get. You like cans? You love your can? You're a fan of the cans? Well, it, uh, cans or bottles, whatever. I, I, I love the bottle. I can't walk to the liquor store and buy Ratio Beer Works. But I can't oh, walk to the, I see what you're saying. But I can't walk to the corner store and buy Absolutely. Upslope. And as somebody who rides a bicycle everywhere, it's like, oh, I could ride 20 miles. You know. um, right now, my favorite beer producer in Denver is Ratio. Um, Upslope is my favorite convenience uh, convenience beer. Convenience beer. And then um, let's talk about the champagne of beers, Miller High Life. Right. When I want a shitty beer, I want a Miller High Life. I love, there's not, I still purchase High Life in a bottle for, for recreational purposes. Yeah. Okay. I drink a lot of PBR, mm-hmm. but I'd like, but my heart belongs to High Life. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I've always been more High Life than more pro High Life than PBR. It is the champagne of beers, and there's a reason they call it that. Is because champagne's fucking delicious. Yeah. Uh, what? And I, then I don't know about you. When I was traveling abroad, beer you don't have many options. So when you get back nope. to Colorado, it's like, why the fuck did I pay six dollars for a beer? Well, 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 in Thailand, um, there were three beers. There was Chang beer. Chang. Which is the number one? It's the Coors Light, Pabst Blue Ribbon, 
Budweiser. Their banquet. It is the beer of Thailand. Yeah. It's everywhere. And uh, their logo is two elephants, which is, of course, the national al- uh, animal of, of Thailand. Thailand. Yeah. And uh, I, I bought a chain beer shirt. It's the cheapest beer. You find it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it How sucks. much roughly in American dollars did it cost well, for one? It depends on where you're at. You know, if you're in the... Like, you uh, can average it for the listeners. Kind of... Kind of, it really did, did depend on where you were. When we were in the rice village of Sarin, it cost about 60 baht, which averages out to about a dollar twenty-five. Good job, good job. As he spills this, it's good. Good sound effects. Um, it's okay. Nothing was lost. But by it's so hot there that they serve beer with ice. Oh, cool. Because it's so hot. I'm into that. Was and the beer man an ice? An no, ice man of beer? No, they give you, like they, they'll give you this giant bomber-sized bottle of beer. Yeah. And then like a little glass with ice in it. And you just, the idea is you share it with your friends. And they they take one look at a guy like me and they're like, oh. He's going to drink all of it. He's going to drink all of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually had a massage. My first quote-unquote mas- massage. Now, now we're Well, here's the thing is, yeah. Um. We're, we helped build the foundation of a composting facility as part of the volunteer trip to Thailand with Whole Foods. And uh, the first day was hard, oh, hard, hard works. Yeah, it was a Whole Foods oh, okay. trip. Yeah. That puts together the, how did he get there? Yeah, a lot of people, yeah, yeah. I went to Thailand on a volunteer slash educational trip with Whole Foods. That's awesome. And uh, the first week we lived and worked with rice farmers um, with the company Alter Eco co-sponsored it. That's why there's a big box of Alter Eco rice and chocolates over okay. there. Um, in case you were curious. I was wondering. You, not the about. listeners. Yeah. Listeners I, have we no went idea. Through it earlier and I, was, I was wondering what it was. Um, and so the first three days we lived with these rice farmers. And uh, then the last three days in Sarin, we spent um, building the foundation of this organic compost facility that Whole Foods uh, paid for. Um, with blood money. Yeah, I mean, Whole Foods donated $5,000 to build this Roof. Over there. All it took over there, and that <laughs> like for that structure that they're building would probably be like twenty, thirty thousand dollars over here. Inflation's a motherfucker. And um, uh, oh, so I got a massage uh-huh. after the first day of work at at the thing, and it's this big like bigger lady, but in Thai, in Thai, like she's not that big. She's a bigger. She's a six. And uh, she just takes one look at me and goes, Mmm, this is the voice that she used the whole time. Mmm. And you were like, what? So the hotel, you could order masseuses through the hotel, and one of the tour guides helped manufacture all this. So we're at the work site, and we're like, Oh, there's 11 of us on this trip. Nine of us got massages. I'd never had a professional massage, and I'm like, fuck never? it, I'm in, never. No. Oh wow. I'm in Thailand. I'm like, well, all right, I'll get a Thai massage while I'm in Thailand. And this woman shows up to the hotel room and is like, oh, big boy. Hell yeah. She wasn't talking about my penis. Uh huh. She's talking about my beer belly. Yeah. Oh, I would have thought it was because you're like three times the size of the average Asian person. That too. That That's too. not a fat joke. That's how small Asians are. I have six in my back pocket. No. Do you? At all times, they do my <coughs> But no, so, so so this woman's doing, this woman's doing a terrible massage. Terrible. It's awful. I think she's probably a hooker 
Like, not a very attractive poker. Massage is like the third thing she's good at. Or, yeah, yeah, others. yeah. There's two others. <laughs> Maybe fourth or fifth, as bad as it was. <laughs> she she was a really good open mic comedian, I found out, oh, throughout yeah? the massage, because the entire time she's making jokes at my expense. And I'm, a, I'm, I'm very self-deprecating, but it's different when somebody's like... Right, I didn't come here to pay money to get insulted. Right, and she's like rubbing me down, Ooh. and she's like, oh, and I'm wearing... I don't have any clean clothes at this part of the trip, so I'm wearing this t-shirt I bought that was an XL that fits like a medium. Because it's Thailand. X, there are no XL people in Thailand. No shit. <laughs> so I buy an XL t-shirt and I put it on. It's the only clean shirt I have. Everything else is covered in like sweat, must, rice and, and, and uh, concrete. rice and concrete. And, uh, and so it comes up to like my, you know, I can pull it down, but I lay down on the bed and it comes up and she goes, and she starts slapping my gut. Oh, you like chain beer? <laughs> chain beer? Oh, oh. And I make fun, you know, it, it's, it's... You're like, I'm paying you money for this lady. And granted, I paid her like 200 baht, which I... 10 bucks, 10 maybe. 10 bucks, 200 baht. But over there, it's like, oh, in the... And then she's like rubbing, my, she's giving me the full Thai massage and really all I want is my back worked on, but mm -hmm. I didn't know you could ask for that. So I'm just letting her do her thing. And I'm just like staring off into the ceiling going, please don't get a boner. Please don't get a boner. Please don't get a boner. With the, with the big lady? She wasn't big, but she wasn't. She was a Thailand six. I, I, would, I would call her Butch, even though I don't think she was a lesbian, but mm -hmm. she had that like Butch persona, you know. So you guys are dating now? That's Jesus. Cool. And then it's like she's rubbing down my arms and she's like, oh, you know work out? Oh, you flabby. You flabby. I work out all the time. And this is after a day of like so hard, grueling labor. Like mixing concrete, pouring concrete, making concrete, you know, all this stuff. And she's like, oh, you know work out? And I'm like, no, I don't work out. And then when it's done, I tipped her and she's like, oh, you tipped me 60 baht. I, I tipped her like basically $2. She's like, oh, you'll take... I don't know if she was saying... I'm pretty sure she was saying it in a negative way, but my, my roommate the entire time of the trip, every time I would order a beer, he was like, oh, you like chain beer? <laughs> Referencing the belly slapping. And uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, that, and then the next morning, everybody was like, how was your massage? And everybody was like, oh, my massage was great. Oh, my God, that person was so perfect. They really got in deep and deep. And I'm just like... I've like, mm. heckled the whole fucking time. Yeah, I got heckled. During my massage. That would be the worst. I get massages every now and then because I'm a fancy bitch and I yep. love them, but I've never been made fun of. I had a girl start tushy first once. That was mm. fun. It was like, because I go naked in the massage. I want all my muscles rubbed. And you don't generally start with no. the tushy, but she started with the tushy. Probably That's a keeper. Like, you got her number still? I had somewhere. That'd be my number. I'd get that for a second back. massage. I went back. I got a repeat customer. Tushy, tushy, tushy first. Repeat customers. Yeah. And, um, our tour, our, the person that set up the massages bent over backwards for the second night mm -hmm. to get me the best massage I could ever get in my bent, entire like life. Literally bent over backwards well, to massage. The, the Thai people are so sweet and considerate that she put in a lot of work and a lot of effort to make, to, sure, you were, to make sure my second massage was great. To make up for the first one. And I just looked at her and I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I just want to hang out and drink beer with, too funny. with my buddies. Because for me, and that's why I don't get massages, because I'd rather hang out and drink beer. And that's, that's how this whole... It, look, look at me bringing this back. We're talking about beer. That's, that's how we bring it back. Is oh, yeah, beer. I asked you that question. 
I don't even remember what it was now, but same beer. Um, Singa. Singa was a little bit better beer. It was really crisp and Singa. Uh, Singa. I should have bought the Singa shirt instead of the Chang beer shirt. And then Heineken was everywhere as well. Heineken was everywhere. I went in Europe too. They made it in Amsterdam. There's a factory in Amsterdam, which was where I was at. I was in Europe about the same time Damien was in uh, Thailand. So we were both having uh, life-changing vacation experiences, whatever you want to call it. At the same time, we were both in countries where we didn't speak the language at the same time, acting like drunken American jackasses. But in Amsterdam, that's where they make Heineken. And you just ask for a beer, they'll bring you a Heineken. And it's like three bucks, three euro. That's about cheaper than the states yeah well a bottle of water was 350 euro a bottle but a pint of beer was free yeah what can you do uh, everything's so cheap in thailand too Mm -hmm. that i got back i I have two bottles of moonshine but yeah yeah um oh yeah all i brought back were keychains of the eiffel tower that's three for one euro and uh the bottles of moonshine were super potent and uh cost about a dollar fifty each and I'm like, why didn't when I get back when I got back home? I'm like, why didn't we buy an entire That's fucking the case? Island money is so like American, like other countries have way worse economies. So shit, so cheap. Yeah. Like where I was, and the euro is like a little bit more than the dollar. But there's countries where, like after I got back, I did some research, and there's like countries where one dollar is like a thousand of something in another country. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's crazy. Yeah. You feel like a king in Thailand because you're like, look at all this money I have. Yeah. I still have like... Um, How do you get, uh, what's the word, residency there or whatever? It, in Thailand, it's pretty easy. So um, you can, I could take like, I could take my $1,800 I have minus my, you know, my $2,000 yeah. IRA and I could go to Thailand and probably live and I might have what, like... 18, that You'd probably be able to live very comfortably for at years. least two years. Two years, that'd be enough time to make more money. Yeah, two years. And as a comedian? And the, oh, that's totally it. You, and you you could probably do the tour circuit there. Because I'm yeah. charming. I'm sure they have a funny bone I over there. I forgot that I was, I'm good at stuff. <laughs> I forgot that I could also be helpful to... I, I forget that too. the place. That's too funny. Where are you going? What are you doing? You turn the light. I'll turn on lights. Just leave me alone with the people here for a little while. Yeah. Hijack the show. Yeah. So what else? What else you got for me? Next, uh, we've been talking. We've been talking for like forty-five minutes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. My listeners are have already tuned out. They've that's either, cool. They've either let's quit get, listening or they're still involved in very much what's going on. So. Let's let's get to the deep cuts. You got any deep cuts in there? Uh, the deep cuts. Yeah, this is the deepest cut. What's the strangest place you've woken up at slash in? Oh man, Jesus Christ! That's actually a really good one. I figured. I've never asked anybody that. No. Like that's kind of. That's how I judge a good question. I'm like, damn, I'd never thought of asking that question. Uh-huh. I just figured I'd try to stump you with a couple. I know you real well, so I figured this would be yeah. good for the listeners that know you know you through that. Yeah. Um, so. so I used to work for Soda Jerk Presents. They own the Black Sheep in Colorado Springs. They own, um, oh no, that's an even better story. I'll finish this story and tell that story too. Two-part um, answer to a one-part question. Well, I'm, I'm an alcoholic. Uh-huh. Or I'm a drunk. I don't think I'm an alcoholic. I, I like know. the word drunk because it's easier to say. Yeah. And I don't feel like I need booze. I just really, 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 really like it. You like it. That's different. You're not addicted. You're just a fan. Yeah. Like it. Like there's there's two bottles of moonshine in there. I feel no untapped. need to go in there to drink them all, which I feel like an alcoholic would have drank them the first day. No, no. I want to save them for a special occasion. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to break them out at my birthday party coming up. August 3rd. August 3rd. But we're going to do the birthday party August 1st at Ratio. I'm neat. You're invited. You plug that. Well, we just did. Um, so, 
<clears throat> Soda Jerk presents Christmas Party at the Marquee Theater. It's an uh, open bar as long as you're getting Wells or PBR. Mm-hmm. Jackpot. And so, and I'm bartending at the Black Sheep. I was supposed to be the assistant man. Hey, that's a different story. Um, it was I'm, at work. I was, I, and so we, we go to this Christmas party in Denver. I lived in Colorado Springs at the time. And uh, first thing, I order a double tall whiskey Coke with ice. Well. You know, well, well whiskey, <laughs> double, double whiskey Coke and ice. There's a Dillinger 4 song, it's double whiskey Coke, no ice. But mm-hmm. I had ice in mine because I'm, I'm a little bitch. And I tipped the bartender 20 bucks on the first drink. Oh, good. Because it's an open bar. Oh, I tip him first, 20 bucks the first drink. Yeah. Here you go, boom. Uh, the second drink, this, I get my second drink from the other bartender. 20 bucks per drink. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna give you, I'm either gonna give you this throughout the night or I can give it to you now, right now. Yeah. Well, guess who gets served first every time I walk up to the bar? You know? Brilliant, brilliant. I don't know why people don't do this more. Uh-huh. Um, and then I think, and then I throw down a couple more 20s throughout the night. I ended up making out with this girl who is super sweet. I love her to death. Wasn't into her, but for whatever reason, we started making out. I didn't wake up on her couch. I woke up on somebody else's couch, and I wake up in this apartment, and I have no idea how I got there. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Where am I? But one of the first things I see is there's a Descendants Hot Water Music poster from when the Descendants played at the Fillmore. Mm-hmm. And I look at that poster, and I think to myself, I'm in a safe place. I'm good. And I'm on a, full, I'm on a fold-out couch. There's blankets. I got here somehow, no idea where I am or who I am at this point, because it's like early in the morning. See you, Kyle. <clears throat> and uh, so I go into the kitchen and I look around and I'm like, oh, here's a photo of my friend Michelle. Oh, here's a photo of Jeff. Oh, I'm at Michelle's apartment. Mm-hmm. It didn't didn't hurt that she left her uh, wallet out on the table and... Through that. Um, I went through her wallet, yeah. I think I told her pretty immediately. Yeah, I, I had went to through figure her wallet. out where I was, so I yeah. figured I'd check IDs. Yeah. And, 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 and I was like, okay, cool. I'm in a safe place. And she, when I run into her, that's one of the first stories she tells about me. It's like, Damien once spent the night in my apartment and had no idea where, you know, whatever. That's the weirdest place you woke up at? That's pretty weird. I once uh, woke up at a, um, I was on tour with Dragon River. And uh, and uh, the first tour I did with Drag the River, I didn't realize that I was the, supposed to be the responsible one um, as the tour manager, and I was drinking every single night very heavily. Mm-hmm. And we once well, both tour manager is always the most responsible guy. That's what I know. Supposed to be, and I wasn't on this tour. I was the roadie on this tour. Um, I, it was the first tour I uh, I'd ever like really, really, really been on. Like I'd been on my buddy's tours. I'd been on a right away tour. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I have, well, I have my dream right now is going to tour. It's great. You should do it. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend. I want to play in a band with my friend. We're going to tour. Well, I've toured around doing stand up, but I want to go on tour in a band. I want to be in a band. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, um, we woke. I, I found myself at this place in wasn't Portland. I don't know where it was. I think it might have been Arizona. Two different places. This is a good story. Well, I'm, I'm trying to remember which tour it was because the second tour we went to Portland. The first tour we went through like the southwest, 
to California. Mm-hmm. They were at these girls' houses, and they taught hula hoop lessons. Mm-hmm. And there were hula hoops all over the house. And I remember waking up on the couch, and there was just hula hoops everywhere. I am not like, in a safe place. What the Warning. fuck Warning. is going on? Um, <clears throat> and there have been a couple times where I've woken up on random people's bathroom floors and been like, how the hell did I get here? Mm-hmm. So. so just random, just random, but mostly un- mostly unharmed, mostly unharmless. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as I know, my butthole has never been, um, not that it would be, but, oh, oh, well, you never know. Ooh, that's another story. Oh, is it? Did you tell? Oh, well, I once accidentally slept with the wrong girl. Whoa, <laughs> now, okay, now we're fucking talking here. Let's hear that. Let's <laughs> both microphones. <laughs> um. I went over to this house party that this this girl that I was interested in in the springs invited me over to her house, and I went over there and I'm like drinking. I'm like, you know, I'm getting my liquid courage up. Oh, you need that. And I'm like, hey, well, all right, hey, and I'm hitting on her hardcore, and uh, but I'm in that place where it doesn't matter. I don't remember anything. Uh-huh. Well, I remember enough, but I was not doing very well hitting on her. And then I, I kind of blacked out, grayed out. We'll call it graying out because mm-hmm. I remember like flashes of this thing. Next thing you know, gray. next thing you know, I'm making out with a girl, mm-hmm. and you think it's her. Next thing you know, I'm like having sex with somebody. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, it's morning. And I roll over and I'm like, "Who are you?" No shit. And then next thing you know, I'm like getting kicked out of the house for having uh-huh. sex with this random girl in this random bedroom that was neither of ours because neither of us lived there. Oh, so the owner showed up. Yeah, it, it was. It was the tour a, manager it, showed up. It was. A, well, this wasn't on tour. This was the Springs, and uh, and then I take the girl back to my house, and we we have some more. Uh, oh, cool. We have some more fun times, even though I had no idea who she was. We're and, like, hey, we're getting kicked out. I got a place we can go at since we're already together. Well, it was one of those things. She was like, "Well, I'll drive you home," and I'm like, oh, "Okay." Perfect. And then, and like, then she, and, well, no, she's like, "Well, I'm still drunk." Hell so yeah. I can't drive home. Can I come up with you? And next thing you know, and then I wake up at like four o'clock in the afternoon, and she's still there. And I'm like, You're "Married?" Now. I'm like, "Not who are you?" Because I knew who she was. I'm like, thinking to myself, "How did this? Why didn't this happen?" And yeah, so that was a good. Uh, that was another one of those like, "What the." I don't Fuck know. I know men and men, and I don't know men that can tell me that story. Where they were about to get laid and then fuck some other chick. Yeah. I've never done that. I'm about to get laid well, and woke up in the bushes. Well, I, I, I found out later that the other girl absolutely was not interested at all. Mm-hmm. Like, she kept pushing me, which, like, shut down. the other girl to sleep with and, uh, What a good friend. I, well, <laughs> and, and then later on, I hear stories, because like, I've told this story a couple of times. I've kind of forgotten about it, too. I've told that story a couple of other times to other men in Colorado Springs, and they're like, was it so and so? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, happened to me too. Happened to me too. So yeah. she she was the girl that would wait for guys to get she so drunk and then like pounce on them. Pounce on them. Make it happen. Those girls are out there. Keep it real, fellas. Just know you're being hunted but too. But let, let's be honest though. Like I mean, come on. I, I got lucky. Like it happens the other way way more times. But still, was that was one of those fucked up like where the fuck am I? Waking up situations. Hell yeah. You got anything else for me? We've been talking for like 15 minutes. This is fun. I can do this for another hour if you want. Well, I got uh, like one more, I have one more question. One more question. I'm just not gonna, not gonna ask you. Uh, but uh, I was gonna say this kind of leads into it, is how do you do with online dating? You crushes on Tinder or what? You know, in Thailand, I did really well. 
on Tinder. Oh yeah. Um, only only three fourths of them were lady boys. <laughs> no, in, in all honesty though, uh, Tyler and I just goofed off on Tinder, and I hit like I hit like on everything. Just goes like throw it against the wall. Because you were just in Tinder. L- You're let's in just Thailand? yeah. Well, in in real life too. Like I just throw it all against the wall and see what sticks. And uh, Thailand though the girls, I didn't meet anyone. I just messaged a couple. We messaged back and forth. Still messaging back and forth with a couple of them, but uh, I probably matched with fifty girls in two weeks in Tinder, and I matched with maybe one girl once a week in Denver. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm still listening. And like I'm on Tinder. Oh, are you? Cool. Yeah. Find me. Will you find me? You I, I that leopard, that leopard print sexy thing. Yeah, I have That's a. Le- I ask you that. I don't know if you checked out. If you happen to stumble upon Damien's Tinder, which I have, because I go dudes and ladies, I party. Uh, I have come across his his sexy, <laughs> his sexy leopard. Yeah, it's it's me and the leopard. That he has. So, so like a leopard print onesie is his yeah. main profile. Yeah, because I I want to stand out from the crowd. I'm not a normal dude. I'm a weirdo, and I think that actually uh, is a double edged sword because I've actually gone out on a couple of dates where girls expect me to be even more wild and crazy than I really am, and it's kind of backfired. But uh, I've actually gone out on some pretty awesome dates on Tinder, and uh, in Thailand the girls loved me, and really like there were a lot of them were lady boys straight up. It says the first thing in the profile is like, you know, Denise. Thailand, 23. Mm-hmm. First thing in a profile is... Like, I'm a, right, already. I'm a, I'm a pre-op lady boy. Whoa. Okay. Interesting. Well, unmatch. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not... You know, it's cool. Good She's for you. She's got dudes and ladies on hers, too. His, I, and his, the, hers and, and let's be It's funny, because there were other girls in Thailand who'd be like, I'm not a lady boy. And I'm looking at them, I'm like, are you sure? Like it's like, <laughs> Are you sure you're there's not? so many lady boys that the ladies have to put not a lady boy. Yeah, it it, it was real life. Like, right it's, it's very different from American when it's like not just here for sex. It's like definitely still a woman. Yeah, um, but no, I do okay on Tinder. You know, um, I've never done anything else. I like Tinder because it is superficial, and people are like, oh, I don't like it. It's superficial, and I'm like, look. You either like this package you're gonna see, mm-hmm. or you don't. There's not much different, like in this dumb shit technology age we we live in. Like if you see somebody in person, that's how it used to work. You would see someone in person, and be like, "Yo, I'm gonna talk to that person." Yeah. And you would have the uh, <coughs> the, the the social know how yeah. to say hello, how are you, or something witty. That's how the champs did it. That's how you became king. You were a charmer. Yeah. There wasn't a single chain, single king in history that didn't charm the pants off by at least twelve to thirteen ladies. A day. A day. It was king. He's cute. And, uh, and so that's the technology basis. Now we just have pictures of persons. Oh, I see this picture. I'm still visually stimulated, so I'm going to say something. And that's, yeah. how, that's, how, that's all the, the, the Tinder is. Yeah. It, and I'm very upfront in my Tinder profile. It's not the first thing said, but um, I'm missing my front two teeth from a series of unfortunate bicycle wrecks. Mm-hmm. And I make it known very first thing. because. Well, your picture could show that. Well, it could, but, but I also picked a good picture. I, I, I picked the picture because, like, on Tinder, if you look at the dudes, I mean, uh, coworkers of mine have been like, oh, I, I, I'll get on there and swipe for them on Tinder, and they'll mm-hmm. swipe for me, which is pointless because I swipe right for almost everybody. Numbers game. It's, it's more or less, let's throw it all against the wall and see what likes me, and then, mm-hmm. you like me? What's, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. No, I've, I've actually met some really, again, I've met some really wonderful people on there. Mm-hmm. Um, not love, you know, whatever. It's I online dating. I don't use it anymore, so I, 
Yeah. Well, you have a girlfriend. I have, yeah, I have I, a girlfriend I'm, who I did I'm not glad. meet on the internet. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, but no, so uh, I look at all the dudes, and it's like, dudes outdoors, dudes mm-hmm. fishing, dudes doing this. That's not me. Mm-hmm. I'm a guy who occasionally dresses up in a leopard print onesie. Mm-hmm. Interviews bands. Yeah, I think pictures say it. Well, it would be kind of weird. Like, it's, it, to me, the disconnect with the technology and the... the the dating is like with Tinder. It's like you have a chance to like kind of pseudo explain yourself a little bit, which yeah. you don't get in real life. Like if you meet somebody, that would literally be like wearing a T-shirt that has a hundred and forty fucking spaces. It's like, hey, Kai, I, I, I fucking I went to this school and I like to do this with my free time and uh, I am a respectable person and. Uh, yeah, most there's dudes, nothing respectable about me. Most dudes don't really put that there. Respectable. Yeah. It's like, hey, Tats pictures. I'd like to see them, and then they expect a date. Yeah, and I I try to be a good guy about it too. Like I'm not, I am a creep, but I try not to be until you know we've at least mm-hmm. been intimate together. Mm-hmm. Then you figure out how bigger, filthy, dirty old man yeah, I am. Yeah, every girl kind of wants a sense of surprise and mystery, but not like in a creepy yeah. status right out the gate. You gotta, you gotta make sure they like you first, and then you can take them places. Have you ever checked out uh, the Tumblr of nice guys of OK Cupid? No, it's nothing but fedoras. Nothing but fedoras. I just I bought a flat cap for the first time recently. That's kind of what you got yeah. on. Yeah, I like the black caps. So I got a flat cap. This is more. This oh, I'm wearing a headband still. I usually wear the yeah. train train conductor edition. It's pretty pretty close to a flat cap. Mm-hmm. I got this in Thailand. I like it. Nobody can see this. This is great podcasting. It's a nice hat you got on there. Only like twenty. Yeah, anyway. Well, I'll go ahead and ask you the last question I have. Then. Yeah, why not? So you're from Shreveport, Louisiana. What's yeah. that like? Um, it's like growing up. You ever try to grow a garden on top of a nuclear waste site? Never. It's hard. Is that what Shreveport is? No, it's not a nuclear waste site. It's just... When I grew up there, we would... This should have been the first question, because this is a long one. Okay, well, noted for next time. Yeah, next time. We'll do this again. We should. This is always fun <laughs> hanging out with you. Um, no, Shreveport is a town that means well. Um, I always effective, uh, affectionately call it... East Texas, Louisiana. Um, even though it is in Louisiana, it wants desperately to be Dallas instead of New Orleans. You know what I mean? Like, you know, in that, it's in that geographical location where they're like, no, we're more Texas than Louisiana. Yeah. Okay. And the people are more of a Texas mind frame than like Southern Louisiana. You gave me a crayon, I rewrite these borders. That's what a mentality? No, well, they like being in Louisiana. It's okay. just the attitude is more Texas. Um, <clears throat> they don't support the arts. No? They support it, but not to... Like, Denver is such a wonderful cultural... Like, there's a gigantic music festival with hundreds of thousands of people. There's a house party within earshot right Within now. earshot. Can you hear it? I can't I hear can, it. I can, but these sound by the door. Yeah. Um, that would never happen, happen in Shreveport. People would try. 20 people would show up, and, and you'd lose... the eight of them. Yeah. And you'd lose thousands upon thousands of dollars. Whereas in Denver, it's like, yeah, we're doing this cool thing. And so for years, like I, I, I ran a website that promoted the punk rock shows in the area. I threw punk, I promoted punk rock shows. Um, we did a zine there. Tried your ass off. It sounds like. Yeah, and then um, hold on, I got to cough real quick. <coughs> Goddamn allergies. Um. So we tried our asses off, and I was living with this band, Raised on a Reagan, and they were like, hey, we're moving to Colorado Springs, you want to come with me? And the venue that I had been booking shows in 
we were paying the fire marshal money cash under the table to come and just hang out and make sure we weren't violating mm-hmm. fire codes too bad. Right. You know. Because we were... They were watching. Yeah. We, basically, we were just paying them money to not show us down. And yeah. then they had somebody standing there. Like, no, 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 we're here. It's cool. If anything happens, we'll call. And, we'll call. Right. And then the fire marshal shows down. And I'm like, what the Gosh, fuck are we... We just gave you money. We, we've been paying you... Under the tables. You know, you come out here... We've one, been bribing you. Every two or three weeks, you come hang out and we give you $250. We don't even give the bands two hundred fifty dollars. A lot of money. So basically, they just wanted more money. Right. Fucking, they're trying to act like the police. It sounds like. Yeah, and uh, so the the guy who owned the venue he was like, oh, "We're not going to do any shows for a while." And I was like, "I had a way out." Getting strong on by the fire department. Yeah, it it politics are really corrupt in Louisiana. Um, you just Google corrupt pol- uh, Louisiana politics and find a hundred thousand web pages about it, but um. You know, so it was, the venue quit, and then you were like, I'm leaving? I was like, I had, a, I had a way out. And I'd always wanted to leave Shreveport. It was always going to be Dallas. Dallas is the Dallas or Austin are the big cities mm-hmm. you move to when you I live see. in Shreveport. Okay. Um, some people go to New Orleans. New Orleans is, it's, it's Dallas, Shreve, uh, Dallas Austin, New Orleans. And it was like, I can go to Colorado. I've got a free ride. I've got a free ticket. Because mm-hmm. um, the, the, so the base, band was just going? Yeah, the band was going. Their mother was paying for everything um because there's a little sob story in there i don't feel like telling right now because we've been talking for an hour and 15 minutes ish and i don't really yeah anyway so the mother paid for everything we ended up in colorado springs we lived in colorado springs colorado springs was shreveport part two Mm -hmm. but it was different you know yeah i grew up there so i never i never was never my choice to go there yeah so and uh i could have left but sure. I did the thing too, where I stuck it out and was like, you did "I'm booking shows yeah. and I'm doing this and I'm doing this." You and kind of milled your own gem down there. I was the kingfish for a yeah. while. I remember that after I left, you got huge. Yeah. I don't know if that was a coincidence. I think I was. <laughs> you were big before I left. I, you were booking the nickel when I was still hanging out and getting drunk. Big in Colorado Springs is like, uh, you know, I'm on I'm on a sci-fi. <laughs> channel tv show uh-huh. you know kind of thing you know it's not big but it's big enough i met a lot of the people and all those people i met um you know i wouldn't be i wouldn't have interviewed like chuck reagan for the first episode or i wouldn't have interviewed pretty much anybody you know i i talk shit about colorado springs i talk shit about shreveport but i wouldn't be the damien i am today if it hadn't been for those experiences mm-hmm. so i'm thankful for them but well if you had moved I would, to the springs we would have never met and mm-hmm. then i wouldn't be here interviewing you yeah you would have never bought me beer when i was 19 yeah i don't i mean i'm not a narc what's the statute of limitations I oh whatever cares i think i think if you don't get caught but there's no evidence i won't testify this is hearsay that's what i know any recorded conversations hearsay as far as and we used to, we, we used to hang out and go see ska shows all over the state together. oh i wrote that on one of these cards i flipped over it was one of the most was one of the most fun shows you ever been to because I remember that. Me and you have been going to shows since forever. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have a car. You introduced me to No Trigger. Yeah, those guys are great. I'm ever thankful for. Those guys opened for the Aquabats. Yeah. We went to an Aquabats show and I interviewed No Trigger. Were know. you in the band when I interviewed No Trigger? What band? No Trigger. I no, I wasn't. No, like, they're present? No. Yeah. You disappeared and I was just getting drunk. I forgot yeah. that the Aquabats played because No Trigger was so awesome. Yeah, they were so awesome. If you don't know them, look them up. Uh, they don't really do much anymore. I know. Which is, you should look them up. 
terrible. Yeah. And uh, you were always the kid. It would be like, I saw I the first the kid. I saw the first Iron Man movie with you. Oh yeah, I had the free movie hookups. You had the free movie hookups, so we used to go see movies all the time. I've lived the life. And then uh, I'd always be like, Hey, do you want to go to Denver to see this? And you'd be like, Oh yeah. Are we on the guest list? Yep. Okay. I'm time to drive if it's free. And uh, which nowadays it'd be like, um, Can you throw in twenty bucks for gas? No shit. No, I was so happy to leave the Springs. That was my thing. Yeah, same. So why did we live down there for so long? I grew up there. I didn't have a choice. I know. We could have left. You, I don't know. I did leave. What well, you did? I left too. People, people are still. Uh, there's still a pool going about when I'm going to come back and yeah. who's going to win the jackpot? I'm sure. I had a friend tell me that he would see me in two years when I got back. It's been five. Yeah. I think he moved to Arkansas. There you go. Shout out to you, Phil. Here we are. Here we are in my Denver kitchen. Denver kitchen. I live down the street in the historic Baker district where there's currently a music festival happening. We're sitting here talking about all these awesome bands. There's probably been 70 bands play while we've been talking. Here. Yeah, when does Spells play? Spells plays tomorrow at 3.30 at the Parlay stage. Shit. And they don't play today? Then they play later at the something. No, they don't play today. I work tomorrow. When are the Spells? That sucks. Um, but we're drinking beers. We're hanging out. We're, talking. we're having our own private music festival. Well, that's the end of my questions I brought. Yeah. I didn't think of anything else while I've been sitting here. Those were okay. So, do you have any questions for me? Interviewer? Man? Yeah, um... What's the most... No, that's that's a little too broad. Um, okay. How rewarding do you find being Eric Henderson? It's good most days. I like it. Yeah. I like I like being me. I'd rather be me than a lot of uh, <laughs> things that I've seen and witnessed. But it, and that's good. But in seriousness, though, like you, you do the comedy shows. You yeah, do I, uh, your thing. What's it, it's it's is it a rewarding experience for you? Absolutely, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't trade this for uh, anything. I if we're, I'll, I'll I'll answer this question uh, as honestly as I can, which I don't do a lot. This is honest in the raw endo. Uh, but I used to hate my life, and uh, when I lived before, I decided to to jump wholeheartedly in, into the things that made me feel happiest and for pure. And pursue my. We've had some beers. Yeah. And pursue my uh, creative um, side of the mind. Like to pursue my creativity to the full potential, and to actually be strive to be a unique individual. Uh, so ever since I made the decision to do that, it has been just the best yeah. thing I ever did in my life. Uh, I believe, like when I die, I recently realized when I die, I want to be known as a unique individual who is overall a good person. That's what I'm striving to be, and uh, the decision to to detach from all of the weights that were holding me down and keeping me in a place where I didn't like in a mentality that I wasn't that I knew was not me the decision to make that leap of faith to 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 strive to be what I wanted to be was the greatest decision I ever made and it's been roughly 5 years to date since I did that and so I don't uh, I love being me I wouldn't trade it for the old me that I used to know yeah uh, every day you have your own struggles and shit it could be better but it could most certainly be a lot worse uh, I I said something about like, we're just people cooking in a crock pot till yeah. we're ready. We're all here on the fucking planet. So I want to be unique and uh, original and remembered as a good person. That's yeah. it. That's as simple as I can and, get. And I remember when you were the, that obnoxious, annoying little kid. Yeah, I was just a punk. Who would tag along with my roommate's band, The Rideaways. Yeah. And we're like, oh, this fucking kid is here. This fucking kid is here. That's not but, true. That may be you, but they asked me to go. Well, maybe. They could have said no. That's not the story they tell, but but 
but when I talk to them now, they're all, we're all really proud of that. Because I remember you were shorter than me, and now all yeah. of a sudden you're taller. No, not know how the fuck that happened. Mm-hmm. But uh, come a long way. I'm really proud of you. I do okay some days. And uh, I'm glad that we we. I, it, there was something in that little kid. Maybe it was because I was like, oh, I don't drive. I can talk to this kid and drive me places. Mm-hmm. Buy me beer every once in a while. But uh, here we are. We're still friends, like eleven years later. Yeah, I'm 28 now. I'm as old as you were when we met. That sounded about right, because I am an old man. I had to stop and do math, and I'm like, that's not right, but close enough. Now I'm starting to call people little kids, so. Yeah, it's weird. It's are so old men. Yeah. But you're an old man in the Denver comedy scene now. I'm an old hand in this Denver comedy scene. Yeah. When are you going to get your own TV show? Shit, man, as soon as I buy a TV network. Will you be my Ed McMahon? When, of course. If, if and when I get mine? Of course, I would, I would be happy to co-host anything. How, how do we ride the Grolix coattails? That's what I'm trying to figure no, out right now. they left, bro. I know. They're gone. But how do we ride those coattails out there? They took their coattails away. Motherfuckers. Uh, okay, well, we've been talking long enough. I'm sure mm-hmm. if anybody's still listening, they're bored. I'm sure it's just Kyle right now. I feel great about everything that's going on. I do. Hope it's fun. Hope your listeners follow me on Twitter at Yohendo. Oh, good. Plugs. Uh, I forget about that part. Three Course Comedy on iTunes. Uh, threecoursecomedy.com or any food I have a food related comedy show that sounds like the two things you probably like food and comedy I like food, food and comedy, comedy. Yeah. Um, that's all I have I have dates coming up but they're not follow me on Twitter yeah I'm humble I'm about to launch a film series but I can't really talk about it yet because nothing is signed but everything is looking really good that September or October will be a uh, Showing films with Q&As that I host because Denver Comic Con told me I was not professional. And I'm like, fuck you, I'm going to prove you wrong. Hell yeah, fuck those bitches. And, uh, unprofessional. I mean, I'm, I'm not professional, but that's kind of what people like about me, I mm-hmm. like to think. And uh, I've got a bunch of episodes in the can about to come out. Because. Mm-hmm. Because. Just goes. Got a bunch of stuff happening. You don't have to plug your own show, Damien. Everybody's listening to this. I know, I know, I know. I have plugs because I'm going to be gone as soon as this episode hits. Oh, shit. You'll be back. Good point. You'll be back at the, at the outro that you put after the intro that you put for this. and then. You're right. I You're right. Maybe I'll just cut myself out. I work in show business. Probably I won't. It. I don't know how to cut things. It's fine. How do so, you garage band? <laughs> So this is great. Uh, we'll just just keep recording now and then just do a post episode. I'm just kidding. We, we could. We should cap this. Yeah, cool. Let's go get hammered and throw rocks at those. I'm already, I'm already kind of hammered. I forgot to eat today. I had a good breakfast. What did you eat for breakfast? I ate some chocolate from Alter Eco. Some chocolate. Yeah. Nice. I had a. I slept till I slept till twelve thirty, and then this guy knocked on the door. He's like, "Hey, there's a lot of hell damage in the neighborhood. Can I look at your roof?" And I'm like, oh. "I got to call my landlord." Oh, I can just look at it real quick while you call them. I'm like, no. no. We can't get on the roof. No. My landlord lives upstairs. I was saving them the... Uh... You'd have to pass them to get to the roof. Yeah. Um, and then I got up and then I laid on the couch and then you showed up. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're doing this thing. Yeah, I had steak and eggs, but I realized what? I had no eggs. So I cooked the steak. I made these really good ranch potatoes. And then I made uh, spinach and onions. Yeah. Because I had no eggs. So well, I had, but I ate it at noon, so it was kind of like lunch. Yeah. Do you feel good about this? I feel great about it. Yeah. yeah. What, what is it Mark Maron says? You feel good about this? I don't know. feel good. I feel good. Yeah. In this moment. did good. That's but we're already buddies, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. Are um, we good? We're good. <laughs> All right. I can't wait to that. Well, cool. Well, this has been fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. Uh, 
party on me. I'm not the host, so I'm just the question asker. Yeah, you were good. All right. I was good. See you. Peace. Later. Hi, <laughs> buddies. Eric, thanks for hanging out and drinking with me and chatting about mostly harmless our lives, what we're doing and where we're going. Again, I really am proud of you, dude. You've done some cool stuff, um, and I, I hope that I've played some small role in what you have accomplished because um, you've definitely played a big role in what I've accomplished and I don't know necessarily if I'd be living in Denver and doing what I'm doing had it not been for your inspiration um, again thanks to Ratio Beerworks and Deathwish Copy, deathwishcopy.com ratiobeerworks.com uh, come out to my birthday party Saturday August 1st uh, we'll be drinking way too many beers and celebrating uh, 34 years of mediocrity <laughs> and uh uh, again, August 13th at Mutiny Information Cafe. We're going to be doing another Mostly Harmless live event. I've got a bunch of episodes in the can I'm going to start uploading and putting up right now. Um, should be up next week. I might even do a, two episodes next week. Um, with, uh, we've talked way long enough, so I'm going to go ahead and end this episode with another song from the Do It For Damien, the Drunk Bastard EP. Uh, it's called That's The Business. Uh, short story about this. I dated this girl... Um, named Sarah, very sweet, wonderful girl who talked in catchphrases. She had just graduated from college and every other sentence out of her mouth was something like, that'll happen. (laughs) That's the business, (laughs) you know, stuff along those lines. Um, She was a very sweet girl, but she talked very, very, very loud and she yelled over everything and everyone trying to get her points across. Uh, It was dating her that I realized that, um, uh, the louder somebody talks, usually the less they know about something. Um, but again, a very sweet girl. I enjoyed the uh, couple months that we dated. All my friends did not like her. Um, this is a song essentially making fun of our relationship and me and the fact that I will probably date anything um, if put in front of me. Anyway, uh, this is the song, That's the Business, off the Drunk Bastard EP by Do It For Damien, a.k.a. Uh, Paul and Adrian from the Rideaways and Six Generals. Um, you can find the link to the Drunk Bastard EP on the mostlyharmlesspodcast.com. All right, buddies, without any further ado, we will see you in the funny pages. Take care. Yeah.
You know 